and listen. It's time for the Sports Blast. Chica, Chica. Ashish Sharma. All you have here is a solid foundation of young talent. All you have to go out and do is get the big bop. Everyone in this room is now dumber. May God have mercy on your soul. I am going to smack you so hard. Pain in the ass. I will smack it's your face happen. off of your face. Ryan Roach. He can get on base, he can walk, he can hit, and he can steal back. That's the key. They missed that element last year in the leadoff position. Sports. Dave Pollard. He's facing more outrageous scoring chances. In a weird Outrage. way, the defense sucking as much as it has. He's becoming more adept at making bigger saves. He's absolutely right. And Mark Lazell. You have a great coach of Brad Stevens. You want him to stick around. Around. You want him to have confidence in this team. Here's the key part. You start winning games that matter. Down the stretch, you have to win these games. There are playoff implications on the line. The Sports Blast. What the hell are you doing? Only on ESPN New Hampshire. This is awesome. This is awesome. Oh, no, 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 that doesn't no, work. No, no, don't ruin it. No. And ESPNNHradio.com. Game on! Game on! What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Sports Blast here on ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. As always, I'm Ashish Sharma, joined by Brian Roach, Dave Pollard, and Mark Lazelle. The boys are all back. Yes, they are. We got a full four. Welcome back, Mark. You haven't been here for about a month. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while. Uh, I went to Houston to check out the Astros and Red Sox series. Um, we go to the, the Red Sox, um, you know, Red Sox road games all the time, different cities, so... It's just cool to see that. How was that? You went to... You went to... Hey, Mark. Your mic's not plugged in. My mic's not plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. Say. Hold on. All right. Hang on. We're, we're going to plug in your mic. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I'm not getting you in my headphones. I don't know if that's going on. How about now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. There he is. Hey. All, right. All right. Take it from the top. What were you saying about Houston? No, I was just saying I, I, I went down to see the Astros and Red Sox series. It was pretty cool. Um, Houston, I, I really changed my perception on Houston because I was still I was just like, you know, the dirty south and stuff like that. It's hot, smoggy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. 98 degrees and, you know, people are always, you know, angry. And that's not the case. People uh, are very people, open-minded was, down there. I was going to say, Mark, uh, I think the angriest people in the United States are probably us. Northeast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're probably oh, yeah. happier now that that hill's out of center field, you know? Yeah, probably. Uh, well, yeah, disgusting. from what I hear, honestly, you know, you go down south, you go to the middle of the country, uh, you know, the viewpoints are different, but they're friendlier. Way they friendlier. are friendlier people. <laughs> it's crazy. That, that's what you end up finding out if you go to uh, down south or to the middle of the country. And you know what they say? The reasoning why is because they don't have to deal with snow. <laughs> no, exactly. I was going to say, it's got to be the weather up here. It is. It leads to stress, like legitimate anxiety and, and not wanting to deal with other people. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with driving, too. Yeah. Was there a lot of traffic in Houston? No, and the roads are huge, and that's the other thing. So there's a lot of people in the northeast, and the northeast is small, where in the south there's a ton of people, there's so but there's space. so much space. Right, yeah. right. And, and I feel like what, what happens when you go to another place is, you know, people who drive up here in the northeast a lot of times say, well, if you learn to drive here, you can drive anywhere. Yeah, no, good luck. But the fact <laughs> is... We're actually like the worst drivers up yeah. here. One, once you once well, you drive anywhere be. else, well, exactly. Yeah. We get over aggressive, but like uh, that sort of uh, you can take that and say, well, we're the best drivers. We know how to get get around. You know, and we're, we're gonna get to our location as fast as possible. Yeah. We know what we're doing. But then you go somewhere, everyone's obeying the rules of the road. Well, they are. They're all polite. They're slow. They use their blinkers. They <laughs> drive slow. Yep. And it gets frustrating when you're from here, but. 
That's how you're supposed to drive. In the south? Uh, the speed the south? limit's like 80 miles an hour. No, well, that's no the one, other no part of it. It goes yeah, 80, though. Part. Like, yeah. I, I had some buddies that went to Georgia Tech, so they spent four years in Atlanta, and they said everyone just takes their sweet time. Yeah, my, my friend just drove cr- uh, across the country, and he said the, the only place that the speed limit is 65 or lower, like everywhere, is here in the Northeast. Yeah. He was coming across the country, 75 miles per hour speed limit. All the way until he got to New York. Well, yeah. What is it? Phoenix? Like Route 66 or, or something like that? They go like 85 yeah. on Do- that one highway? Doesn't shock me. Well, freeway. that's the thing. If we had a 75 or 85 mile an hour speed limit up here, we'd all kill each other. Yeah, we yeah, might. We would. <laughs> so, yeah. we might. That's, that's kind of why. <laughs> no, I feel like it'd, there'd be less accidents. No, I don't know. Because, see, right? If uh, Because 65, right? People go 75. Yeah. You sort of use that 10 mile an hour uh, handicap that you got there behind the wheel. You take 65 mile an hour speed limit and you go 75 miles per hour. So if we had an 85 mile per hour speed limit, you'd have people testing 100 all the time. It'd be road rage. Oh, you couldn't do it. Yeah, the roads are too small here. And they're too cramped. Yep. But um, not to make the whole show about traffic. I just wanted to check in. I wanted to check in with Mark and see that his vacation went well, and I'm glad you enjoyed yourself down yeah. in Houston. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a good time. I'm going, I, I won't be here next week. I'll be in Toronto. Yeah, what's with all the Red Sox road games you guys are attending? <laughs> I love it. Toronto's I feel like I'm, nice. I'm just going to go to like Camden Yards next time they're there. Yeah, why so, not? Just to say that I've been to a road game this it's year. pretty cool. But. I've been to Toronto before for a Red Sox game. It's a it's a good time up there, it's honestly. Toronto's a good city. July 1st, which is their anniversary of like Canadian Independence, Canada Day. Canada Day. Canada Day. Oh, yeah. Enjoy yeah, that. that. Maybe you so, get one of those. Uh, Chris Sale is also starting. Ma- maple so. Leaf flags. Nice. Yeah. Maybe I'll get one of those. Yeah. Awesome. We'll have a good time. And Mark, good to have you back. I'll probably buddy. go to the Hockey Hall it's of Fame. It's good to be back. And and Great enjoy the day that everyone didn't recognize Canada as a country forever. <laughs> <and ever. laughs> like, no one ever thinks of them. <laughs> 150 years Canada has wow. been a country. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Okay, you guys ready to move on now? <laughs> it's been yeah. America's hat for 150 years. Okay, got a lot to get to. Obviously, David Ortiz had his number retired at Fenway last night. We'll get into that. The Red Sox also. Uh, Porcello finally got his head out of his ass and actually pitched a good game yesterday. Yep. We'll get to that. Uh, I do want to kick things off, though, talking about the NBA draft two nights ago. Mark, let's just start right off the top. Jason Tatum, your thoughts? Yeah, and I, I thought this was the guy that Danny Ainge wanted from the start. I mean, you know, the fact that the Celtics traded the number one pick, a lot of people are like, well, what the heck? Why are you going to trade the number one pick? Well, the reason why is because he thought Tatum was going to be number one the entire way. And if he drafted Tatum at number one, people would have said, you could have traded down to get this guy. And, and so he kind of beat, you know, beat the punch in regards to, you know, trading, trading down, doing the smarter thing, gathering assets. And, and he has plenty of them, so he doesn't really have to, you know, give up much. He just has to acquire, you know, what he wants to acquire. And, and he got a great player in Tatum. So you think he was never interested in Markel Fultz? I don't think he was ever interested in Markel Fultz. I think he had to do it because, you know, he wanted to look at it. Everybody's talking about him being the consensus number one. But a lot of times, guys, the, the, the scouts, they're wrong. And I think you have to do the eye test. And you, you look at Ainge, you know, Tatum missed nine games um, this year with Duke. He played 29 games. I think he averaged around 17 points, eight, eight rebounds, and like three assists. So he had a great uh, 29 games with Coach K. So I, I thought he was a great pick because I think his ceiling hasn't been reached. I think Markel Fultz, he is what he is at this point. You know, he's a bona fide scorer, but he can't play any defense. So that's why I think Philly's in for a rude awakening because that team plays zero defense. 
Um, and and they're, they're going to let up a lot of points. They're going to score a lot, but then they're not going to be as competitive as people think. They're going to win 30 games. Right, right. But um, still, still Philly? Improvement. Right. Hey, you know what? I... As long as Danny Ainge really wanted Tatum, there's no reason, as you said, not to trade down for it. Right. So as long as that is the case, then fine. But you have to you have to appreciate Danny Ainge for being willing to go against the grain and take a risk because how do you how do you get above and beyond these other teams in the league if you don't sort of think unlike the other teams in the league? At the same time, I, I'm sort of putting my opinion on the whole thing on hold. Until yeah. and it could be uh, this could be a developing take for years because Markel Fultz, for what it's worth, was the consensus number one pick. He was. His ceiling is probably higher than Tatum's is. I like the pick of Tatum because I think he fits into Brad Stevens' system. He's a pure scorer. You mentioned Markel Fultz, not a great defensive player. I don't think Tatum is going to be a great defensive player right off the bat. He's athletic enough, probably hardworking enough to develop defensive skills yeah but coming out of the draft he's he may be the best pure scorer and and i think that works for what stevens has on the roster currently so that sort of goes away from what ainge has done in the past which is just to take the best player available no now he's talking fit exactly i think he took the best fit available for the team with the highest talent right and i I do appreciate the fact that he was willing to trade down for a guy that he thought would work best for the Celtics. And having seen the draft, and, and you know, you listen to Markel Fultz, and then you listen to Lonzo Ball and LeVar Ball, Ew. and then you and then you listen to this guy Tatum speak, and he, you know, he seems to have better character He's humble. than the other two. Yeah. And I can appreciate going for a guy at the age of 19 that you're about to invest years and millions of dollars in to make sure that he's not going to be a guy that's going to give you issues in the locker room or off the court. I can appreciate that. That said, a lot of my takes about the draft are on are on hold right now because I can't say that I wasn't sitting there thinking that they were going to draft at number three and knowing that I would be a little bit frustrated yet again for the third straight year that the Celtics didn't do anything to make their team better right now. And I know we got to wait. Yeah. We have to wait on that. We can be frustrated in this moment because yeah. nothing has happened. Right. But I think we all know we're sort of looking towards free agency, Gordon Hayward, and all the stories and rumors circulating about Paul George possibly joining the team if they can sign Hayward to a contract. So it's a little contingent on that. Why I love that, though, they're not going to trade away assets for one piece. They no. know they're more than one piece away. Yeah. So why they're waiting on Paul George is because they want to make sure they can get two pieces. They right. want to sign Hayward, and then they'll pull the trigger on George. Right. I, and I like that because you're not, you're not just going to go out and get a Jimmy Butler and mortgage your, your assets for Jimmy Butler like the Timberwolves just did. And I think a lot of people were frustrated that they didn't make a move for Butler would you guys have done something like a Celtics equivalent of Levine, Dunn, and that number seven pick for Jimmy Butler? No, because nope. he's not a transcendent player. He's not your franchise-changing guy that you want on your roster. He's a, a two-guy in, in a big three. Um, he, he gets the job done. He's a two-way player. Yes, he you know hits clutch shots here and there, but he's not going to take over a game 
like, per se, a Paul George, even I would say a Gordon Hayward. I think Gordon Hayward is actually better than Jimmy Butler, especially from a scoring standpoint. So I, I rebounding standpoint as well, right? But my whole scheme with uh, with um, Danny Ainge is he always does a move for a reason, and the reason why I say that is because they had the number one pick, right? Mm-hmm. And if there was a trade on the table with the number one pick, why would he trade that number one for right. the number three and a future asset? I think he has something in store that doesn't didn't include this year's pick. And I think it's going to e- either include Brooklyn's pick. I think he's searching around maybe with Kristaps Porzingis, Anthony Davis, Paul George, you name it. Whoever's out there, he's going to make a run at because he has the assets and he needs to give up players and salary. You know, the, the salary has gone from $101 million to, to now $99 million. So, so Mark, right. if I understand you correctly, you're saying his decision to trade down to the number three pick is twofold. First of all, he wanted Jason Tatum and knew that he could take him at number three, given that Markel Fultz would go number one and Lonzo Ball would and go number two. And he'd get backlash if he drafted him number one. Right, right. That's, exactly that's the first right. part of it. And the second part is, with the additional assets I get by trading down, I can now use that as a package, maybe along with a body, whoever that might might be, and go out and get a guy like Paul George. Exactly yeah, right. To. And, and I think it speaks to the strategy of simply not settling for something that may only incrementally improve your roster. Slightly. So I agree with not pulling the trigger for what would have been, if you look at the Bulls trading Butler, a Celtics equivalent to that may have been something to the effect of smart Jalen Brown and the number three pick. Yep or possibly the Brooklyn pick from last year. And for me, that's not enough to only incrementally improve your roster, and not to mention, uh, not to get too weeded down in the math of the whole thing, if you go and get Jimmy Butler, you're going to have to shed some salary, and you may end up having to dump an Avery Bradley or a Jay Crowder, and it's just a, a, a money move. You know, so you have Avery Bradley and Crowder, which you can include in package deals, but if you were to sign Butler, you may have to dump them, and then you're not getting the most out of those assets either. So I think by standing pat for now, you're at least preserving some of the value that your current players on the roster have, and not to mention the the value of those picks obviously holds strong. So I, I appreciate, again, not settling for anything less than what... Danny Ainge really wants and to me that is a big move and I know we've been promised these fireworks for the past four years so I'm not holding my breath on a big move we could very well open the season with the roster that we currently have they may not get Gordon Hayward they may not get Paul George but I believe the intention is to do so which again if that's the plan you've got to go for it as if it's the only plan. Right. Okay, so no, uh, no, no making other moves that could derail that plan. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen because of what, uh, for whatever reason, then it sucks. But at least you tried to do something big, you right. know. And I guess the other question that I want to ask is because the Porzingis rumors have been floated out there as well. Yeah. Is would you have made a huge Anthony Davis type trade? For Porzingis, because that is apparently what the Knicks were looking for. I'll tell you what, I didn't like the trade proposal just because Jalen Brown was in the mix. I think Jalen Brown, you have to keep him. I don't think he's, un- I don't think he's tradable. I really don't because he's such a talented player. Um, Porzingis, on any other team, I would say you're giving up too much. 
but the way he would fit in right. Brad Stevens' system because he's a big man, ideal who can shoot threes. A- exactly. <laughs> and I was going to touch upon Avery Bradley, but we'll touch upon it during the show. But um, in trades, they will have to give up salary guys, and it might be Avery Bradley, it might be Jay Crowder. Tyler Zeller has a nice little option too, so. There's a lot of money there. And, and just just to touch on that real quick, though, yes, there there will have to be salaries moved, but I think that's the idea in trying to create a package for Paul George that includes those players. Yep. And that's what I mean by not dumping those players for a move that isn't exactly what Danny Ainge wants. Jimmy Butler. If you give up those guys in yep. a tra- or something less than that for a Jimmy Butler, you end up moving on from Bradley or Crowder purely for salary reasons, and you're not getting the highest value out of those roster players. So I think it's a smart move to, ra- to instead of doing that, try and include them in a package deal for a Paul George-type player, and that way you're actually getting the most out of the value of those roster spots on top of your picks. And we'll talk about this more on the other side, but I just want to say that if you do go out and get Gordon Hayward, hypothetically, and a Paul George... You already have IT, who's going to be coming off the books in, what, a year or two? Yep. Al Horford signed to a max deal. So we haven't crunched the numbers on that, but would you be able to keep all those guys? We'll get There's to a, that. There is a yeah. way to do it. We'll um, get to that. And again, it's, it is crunching some numbers. That's going to be a lot of money. But there is a way to, there is a way to do it. Right. Absolutely. 603-883-9900. When we come back, we'll have a lot more reaction from the NBA draft from Thursday night, as well as more reaction to some of these trade rumors. It's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief, but the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Pop quiz. What's the most important part of a ship? Don't answer. It's the crow's nest. Know why? Complete visibility. I can see what's on the horizon and my crew pulling the ship together on the deck below. That's how I run this ship. And that's why we use Granger. Granger helps us keep a clear eye on our inventory. Saving us time, saving us money, and helping keep everything ship shape. It's always smooth sailing with Granger. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Well, everybody, welcome to the update. I guess it fired off a little early and I went to the restroom. So what's going to happen here is I'm just going to ride it out until the end of the update, right? Poppy was at Fenway last night. His number retired. 30, uh, 34, now on the rafters at Fenway. 10th Red Sox player to have his number retired. The Bruins drafted a defenseman the other night. The Celtics drafted Jason Tatum the other night. And, uh, yeah, guys. Thanks for the heads up on the uh, on the sports update. Why don't we just like have everybody join in here? 
because we have now had this, Mark this just not be able awesome. to talk. Yeah. And, <laughs> and now the updates are firing off at will. And now it's so over. that's your Sports Center update. We'll I'm Dave Pollard. We're about to be back with another segment. Don't go anywhere. All right, back here on the sports. What the hell class. happened? I, yeah. I have no idea. That's never happened before. Apologies to everyone. Uh, the, I, what happened with our clock there? I have no weird. idea. You have two minutes usually. Yeah, <laughs> that was the shortest clock ever. Yeah, my timing was obviously way I, between the breaks. I generally get up, have a little glass of water. Yeah, uh, I went to the <laughs> restroom this time. You, for you think I break. Have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, I hear you guys like screaming. As I'm going to the bathroom, I come back in and the and the music's already playing. It's only a minute break, apparently. What the hell happened? <laughs> and we got That's BS music. Yeah, there we go. Not well, that, that's, that is the most... Uh, that was abrupt. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. I literally like, went and like screamed for Dave. I was like, hey, your update's on. He's like, oh, what? This, this sounds like crap right now, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I got to say, though, that you handled that well. Oh well, uh, not really. I didn't even. I couldn't even get my update sheet up, so I had to wing it. Yeah, not bad though. I, I, that's that the first that time was no. That was bad. Let's call that what it was. <laughs> that was the first time that we all hopped on an update. It's not too. good. No. <laughs> Just like jump in there. The Bruins drafted some defenseman. The Celtics <laughs> drafted some small forward. Yeah, I call that bullshit. Oh yeah, <laughs> Big oh, yeah. Poppy was back at Fenway last night. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, and that's your update, everybody. All right, well, because of the shorter commercial, I guess we have more time to talk about what we really wanted to get to. We'll get better. We'll get better. It's been a week. It's been a little while. It's Bobby. been a little while. Uh, uh, Mark, when we left off, we were talking about the prospect of bringing in Gordon Hayward along with Paul George to play with Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford. Four guys that are really going to command a uh, high salary, all four of them. Yep. Hypothetically, if these four had got together... How would that work? I'm trying to wonder, like, under the salary cap, like, you're not going to have any money left to pay anyone else. No, it, it would definitely work. And I just want to talk about, like, a Boston media member um, said that there is a potential Paul George trade lined up and that if uh, Gordon Hayward signs uh, with the Celtics during free agency, then the Celtics and Indiana Pacers will pull the trigger along with George agreeing to a three-year extension. Right. That was uh, Adam Kaufman's report, correct? It was, okay. correct. Um, so, so when it comes down to all this conversation, like you said, uh, numbers have to line up, of course. But um, when, you, when you talk about Avery Bradley, I think he has roughly $9 million. Uh, you know, Tyler Zeller has, I, I believe, a $7 million contract. Jay Crowder, I think it's around $7 million. So if you do the math right there, Sheesh, I think that comes out to $21 million. Um, so as long as you, you know, relief some of the cap space. Twenty-three. Let's not forget Amir Johnson's gone. Yeah, Amir Johnson's oh gone. Ka- uh, Kelly Olynyk's probably going to be gone. Jonas no, Drep- Jonas Drepko is probably going to be gone. Like all these guys are coming off the books, right? And they have like that asset with Tyler Zeller, which is spot on what you really want to get this kind of a deal done. Mm-hmm. So when when you look at it, Gordon Hayward, you can sign outright. You can sign him to twenty to twenty-five million dollars because he's not going to be owed the max contract because he didn't make the first team All NBA. Paul George, the same thing. Um, as long as he signs with Indiana 
before the trade happens, his bird rights become you know transferred over to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. So, but that wouldn't be a quote unquote sign in trade. It wouldn't be that would be, an, would extension, be an extension, and, and then he gets traded because. It's just it like the Kevin talking, Garnett deal. Right, because we were talking about according to the new CBA, you can you can still sign and trade, but you can no longer there's that provision that that loophole no longer exists. Exactly. Where you can sign for more money in one fell swoop and then get traded right. and go to a new team and still make what you would have if you had stayed with your your team. Now now, now you can sign and trade, but you would sign for the amount that you would get if you just left. Right. Now now keep in mind the asking price is going to change. If Paul George is willing to sign a 3-year extension, Larry Bird's going to utilize that as leverage because now it's not a one-year rental. Now, you know, now in his eyes, he's going to try to get the most out of Paul George because the Celtics are going to have him on the contract. So the cautious thing you have to be worried about here is if they give up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in a trade. And if you want to keep one of those guys, I mean, I I think the reason why they drafted Tatum is kind of use Jalen or Tatum in a trade as as uh, an advantage. Right, because they're basically around the same sort right. of player. And, and they could be a future star, and I think that's what Indiana wants is, you know, cap. They want a pick. They want a couple of starters. That's the only way you do it. And I'm sorry, if it, if it takes, you know, Gordon Hayward and Paul George to come to the Celtics and you have to give up Tatum or Brown, you do it. So just, just going back to your salary cap thing, if uh, Paul George's bird rights are transferred, that's one of the ways that you can end up keeping him, right? Because I'm assuming Isaiah Thomas would also have bird rights at that point. Well, he, he can ex- uh, he can sign to that extension, it's right? Just so a if that happens, so then that it. would be that would be how you would be able to keep all those guys, right? And, and also, I'm gonna go to Avery Bradley now. Avery Bradley is gonna be a free agent fairly soon. He's gonna want twenty million dollars. Twenty two. Twenty twenty two million dollars, right? Isaiah Thomas, he's gonna want to max you know, d- the dump trucks, right? He's going to back them up thirty million dollars. <laughs> so what do you do? Avery at this point is a lost cause. Avery's out in my eyes. Avery is a salary dump, and you don't want to sign him when he becomes a free agent. So why not trade him now? Jay Crowder, good piece to have because he you know he shows that great mentality. And great two way forward. Great two way forward. Yeah, but I mean he he's an average guy, but he's a good piece in a. But trade. when he gets hot, man, he's a bum. He is a bum. Yeah. But the reason why the Celtics have a lot of leverage is because of those <laughs> picks. Now, a lot of teams are pretty cautious about doing a trade because you don't know what those picks are going to be like. But that Brooklyn pick, that Brooklyn pick go f- could go for like an Anthony Davis package, you know, within the next year or so. So that's why I wouldn't give up the Brooklyn pick for Paul George. Right. I try to give up future assets not regarding that. Look, I think pick. Well, most of the speculation around the Paul George potential trade to Boston is regarding the two 2019 picks that the Celtics have. Who is it from the from the Clippers, Clippers and uh, Memphis? Um, yeah, Memphis. Yep, because they had the Philly and LA pick right. from the trade. Right. So I mean, year. there is the potential that you have to get rid of those two picks. Big deal. Whatever. They have uh, they have lottery protections on them anyway. But then you may have to give up either the Lakers pick or the Brooklyn pick from next year. And I I have a I have this sneaky inclination that the reason potentially for drafting Tatum. May just be because uh, Danny Ainge knows that that's who Larry Bird wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible that you drafted the guy that the Pacers wanted in could, order to trade could him be possible, yeah. to Indiana for for Paul George that's not a bad as idea. part of a package deal. Yeah, and actually, whatever, oh, yeah. whatever you're gonna get for him, I I honestly think you're gonna have to give up either Brown or Tatum. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to end up giving up either that Brooklyn or Lakers pick, the two 2019 picks, and then you're looking at Bradley. Crowder. And Crowd, uh, it could be Bradley or Crowder, and definitely dumping that Zeller contract as part of it. Right. So it's a lot to give up. Mm-hmm. Unless Paul George is going to sign that three-year extension, unless which, Gordon uh, Hayward signs with the Celtics, well, and I think that's that, what ha- it's all that has come to come first to. anyway. Exactly. I, think. I don't think that. Here's the deal. It's like I said in the first segment. They want two pe- They want two pieces. Mm-hmm. They are not going to make. Uh, they are not going to settle for one piece. Now they could go out get Gordon Hayward, and then maybe the Paul George deal falls through. But believe me when I tell you, the Hayward piece is going to be the first shoe to drop. Yep. There's no way that they go and sign Paul George in order to attract Hayward. It's the opposite. And, and there's one underlining element that I want to bring this up because the Lakers, right? The Celtics have that pick yes. now, right? And the reason why you're going after Paul George is so that Paul George doesn't go to the Lakers and make that pick to be you know, a mid-late first-round pick. It's a part of it. They want top five, top ten because it, they get, what, two through five? Um, it's top five protective, you know, the first pick, if it's the first pick, um, Philly keeps, Philly keeps it or I think you're right. I think it's, uh, if it's the first pick, uh, Philly will keep it. Philly will keep it. So two through five Celtics would get. Right. So, so that's, that's a major factor here because that could be another future asset along with that Brooklyn pick, which could potentially be that the Lakers just did like a salary dump. Well, and again, Mark. If we're talking about, and now this is, again, me thinking the past two nights way too much about this, but if you drafted Tatum, let's just play the game. If you drafted Tatum because you know it's the guy that the Pacers want, Mm -hmm. if you're looking at that L.A. pick as a possible piece in a Paul George trade, there is more of a reason for Indiana to trade Paul George to you because you're not trading him to the Lakers. And if that Lakers pick becomes the Indiana pick... Now you're looking at a possible two through five lottery pick. You're blocking if you're the out, Pacers. You're blocking out the Lakers. Exactly. So and, if, and you're, Lyra, if you're the Pacers, it, that it, is somewhat smart. If you know you're getting Tatum, who you wanted in this draft, and then you trade George to the Celtics so that you almost guarantee the Lakers to finish in the bottom five in the league. Guys, talk about the irony here. Danny Ainge and Larry Bird blocking out. Magic yeah, Johnson. screwing over that yellow and purple hey, out on the West Coast. I can see that happening. Why not? That's hardcore. They both don't like the Lakers still to this day. They don't like the Lakers. They won't do a deal with them. They won't. And, and going back to the, the relation why Gordon Hayward would have to sign with the Celtics before Paul George is because Paul George had some interest in Gordon Hayward coming to the Indiana Pacers when Gordon Hayward was a free agent recently. Gordon Hayward's from Indianapolis, Indiana. You know, so I, I think Paul George was trying to, you know, use him as bait to come over to Indiana and so that they could kind of make like a, you know, a big three type of thing with, um, you know, the Pacers. But now... Who would be the third in that? Who would be the third? Miles Turner or, you know, Danny Green, whoever they had back in the day. I don't, I don't remember. George yeah, they, Hill. They wouldn't have had enough. A- exactly. So, so m- my whole point is, if you're going to go all in for Paul George and Gordon Hayward, you do it. You do it, and the reason why is because in today's NBA, you don't need a point guard or shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. That does not exist anymore. It's a positionless basketball these days. Yep. You don't need. You could have Paul George play the four, Al Horford play the five, Gordon Hayward mm, play the three, 
Jalen Brown, Tatum play the two, Isaiah play the one. I don't think it's so much that it's positionless. I just think you're seeing fewer and fewer true fives. It's two guards and three forwards. Right. Or three guards and two forwards. Now, Porzingis may have been a nice little five there, but even he goes out to the wing and can shoot. But he can also block shots. Which is is why he would have been perfect in this system. Now, when we're talking about the potential deals for the Celtics and the amount of assets that they have, you can get frustrated because of the amount of assets they, they have. have. I, I, look, I think that it's fair to look at Jimmy Butler, who the Celtics have been looking at for the past, what, three seasons? Yep. Now he's gone. And you say, okay, well, the Celtics have been chasing that guy for three seasons. He's off the table now. So you didn't get a guy that the Celtics were targeting. If it happens again with Paul George, and th- Paul George is another guy that they've been targeting now for, what, two or three seasons? Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened yet. We've been promised these fireworks. And I think they want the fireworks to happen, but they want it to happen on their own terms. I think stars are aligned now, though, Dave, it's more than se- ever. It I mean, seems well, it, Mike. We, it we does. We said that with Kevin Love, too. I mean, like, you Kevin want to just Love. keep going down the list. Another, well, another guy they targeted and did not pull the trigger on. Now, they've had the assets. They have. But they don't want to give up more than they think they should have to. And unfortunately, a lot of times to get that guy, you have to give up a little more than you want. But that's why I think Brad Stevens is a part of these conversations is because he's all about continuity. And I believe that the Jason Tatum pick, I agree with you, Dave. I think Indiana has a lot to say in it. But I think Brad Stevens does too because he saw Jalen Brown in Josh Jackson. And I think that Danny Ainge wanted Jackson. I think if Jackson had a workout with the Celtics, Ainge would have picked him. But since he didn't have the workout, and I feel like Brad Stevens had a lot to say in these discussions, they went with the bonafide scorer, the best scorer in arguably in college basketball. Right. I think the guy, a guy who can shoot, and Brad Stevens loves his shooters. Yeah. We know that. So even so, though they don't have any, and I, I don't mind it because it, if you want Brad Stevens in the future, he's got to have a say in the players that are on the team. Right. So. Look, I've been saying for a year and a half that the problem with the NBA is the parity and the fact that depth of talent is irrelevant. You need the best three players on your team. Or or in uh, Golden State's case, the best four. Right, which I I enjoy the way that Golden State built their team right up until they signed Kevin Durant. Right. Mm. This is why, look, uh, again, I am rooting for the Celtics' strategy to succeed here. But it's against the NBA grain. And everyone has to understand that it could totally blow up in their face. Because you just mentioned it, Mark. They're building this team around the coach. And that is not how the NBA works. You build your team around the most talented player on your roster. Look at the Spurs. The Spurs are a perfect example of how to go the other way, though. And that's why it can be done. If you have a good coach, Mm -hmm. and this is what I'm, I'm so rooting for, and in the back of my head, I know... That it's not going to work out this way because of the league. But I am so rooting for the Celtics to be able to acquire the right guys for this coach uh, for this coach's system and somehow be able to succeed against the most talented teams in the league to beat them in playoff matches. I want for you to acquire Hayward, George, and have Horford, IT out on that court. And right there, you might not be talented enough to beat Cleveland, but I'm hoping so much that with Brad Stevens' uh, Stevens' ability to coach, that that puts you over the top of Cleveland. I want it to go that way, but the NBA does not go that way. 
Too often, the NBA is just about having the best players on your roster. Let me ask you this. Is it a super team? If they if they get those guys, yes. is that a super team? Yes, it is. So that's a sub note there in regards to parity in the NBA. Because sure. now the balance is no longer. I mean, Gordon Hayward, you know, he leaves Utah. Utah becomes bad, right? Um, Paul George leaves Indiana. Indiana, back in the slumps. So, I, I mean, you're looking at it and you're saying... The Celtics are going against the, the, the norm. Right. It's one of those things where you hate super teams until you become one. And look, it is, that is <laughs> a Unless super you're team. Let's, yeah. <laughs> that is a super team, but that's not better than Cleveland. I think it gets you very close, and it makes the series against Cleveland well, very tight. I think they tight. beat Cleveland. I think, it can get, I think you can, and that's yeah. what I'm getting at. I don't think you're as talented as Cleveland, even if you do this deal. But I, well, LeBron I'm could hoping, just leave, you know. I am also <laughs> – well, that's next year. Yeah, exactly. you know, but, uh, but I'm talking about this year. If you do this deal – and it's this year, I'm hoping that despite you not having as much talent as Cleveland, that the system itself, the just well, purely coaching these guys, teaching them how to play as a, as a unit, as opposed to, we have the best players. Right. Paul George could defend LeBron, right? Yeah, no, he, he could. Again, <laughs> like no one can really defend LeBron, okay? We know that. You can only try and limit what LeBron does. But do you get my point? Like, I'm hoping for the league to sort of change its direction, change its course, so that it's not all about these super teams. It's more about a system where if you work hard and you develop players and your coaching That's is not, solid, not how it works. I go- get it, but I'm rooting for it. <laughs> I, I need to see this league change its course a little bit. Be- before we go to break, uh, me and Ashish had a conversation on the way up, and I totally agree with it. You know, you're talking about like Shaq, Charles Barkley, Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, Carmelo back in the days. W- what are those guys? They're big men, right? Mm-hmm. And you had a great balance between shooters, um, bonafide scorers, and, and big men back in the day. 90s, um, you know, late 80s, right? Now you have all shooters. Small ball. And the problem with shooters, there's not a lot of coaching in that. There's no. a lot of coaching and bringing the ball down to the paint and kicking it out for three. But, Mark, there's a balance there. But there can be. I honestly think that Steven's system, the way that it works, could potentially change the way the league would have to play if he gets the right guys on his roster. He's coaching these guys to play. To, the, the ball movement alone, you saw it in spurts last year, is different from what most teams do. Yeah. And you heard LeBron say, you heard Tyrone Lue, after after that game they lost, literally go, we couldn't keep up with it. They were moving around. They were changing spots. Like, we couldn't, we couldn't keep up. And this is the Cleveland Cavaliers talking about how we couldn't keep up with the way that Brad Stevens coaches that team. You get, you get the right players on that roster. I honestly believe that Brad Stevens can put you over the top of a team that you're less talented than. Yep. Could, be so, but, Could be a dynasty. But but that's what that's where I sort of pump the brakes. And I know we're going to talk about plan B because if all of this doesn't work out, you're going to have to go that direction of developing your guys most likely. Mm. The, and now there are other plan Bs obviously. Right, right. But that is one of them. And can the Celtics pull off what the Golden State Warriors pulled off before they got Durant in developing the guys that they drafted to become a championship team. That's what I really want to know because that is the only way that I see creating more parity in this league is for every other team in the league to see, hey, 
You can draft and develop your team into a championship-caliber team. You don't have to just dish away all your assets and try and build super teams, which, let's be honest, fails in most cases. It does. You think that Jimmy Butler going to the Timberwolves is going to make them a championship team? No, but they're going to be a very good team. They'll be very good, but it doesn't put them over the top. Right. So what did they just mortgage? They gave up Don and Levine and, and a couple of draft picks. And this is why I'm rooting for the Celtics in some sort of ass-backwards way to just stand pat and develop these guys, and hopefully three, four years down the line, they're a championship team. It's a bigger overall picture, but it's more for me about seeing the league transform into something other than what it is now, which is just waiting for Golden State and Cleveland to face each other. And now, ultimately, the whole regular season and playoffs is just uh, a whole grandiose show to see who gets to the finals to lose to Golden State. That needs to change. It will. 603-883-9900. 603-883-9900. It's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. Don't go anywhere. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's local ESPN. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Uses directed. Pop quiz. What's the most important part of a ship? Don't answer. It's the crow's nest. Know why? Complete visibility. I can see what's on the horizon and my crew pulling the ship together on the deck below. That's how I run this ship. And that's why we use Granger. Granger helps us keep a clear eye on our inventory. Saving us time, saving us money, and helping keep everything ship shape. It's always smooth sailing with Granger. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. And we're ready for the update this time. Big Poppy was honored at Fenway Park last night as his number 34 became the 10th number to be retired in Red Sox history. Following the ceremony, the Red Sox played a game against the LA Angels. Sandy Leone had three hits, including a home run. He drove in four. Rick Porcello pitched into the seventh inning, and the Sox walked away with a 9-4 victory. Sox are back at it tonight. David Price on the hill looking for his third win. First pitch from Fenway is at 7-15. The Bruins were in the news this week. On Wednesday, Colin Miller was selected by Las Vegas in in the league's expansion draft. That same night, Patrice Bergeron was awarded his fourth Selkie Award. The NHL draft was last night with the 18th pick. The Bruins selected Finnish defenseman Jorho Vakaninen. And the Celtics used the number three pick in the NBA draft on Thursday night to select Duke forward Jason Tatum. Rumors have been circulating since before the draft about a potential trade. Most recent reports speculating that the Celtics and Indiana Pacers may have a deal in place that would send George to the seas, but that would depend on first signing Gordon Hayward. Free agency begins on July 1st. With your Sports Center update, I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. Okay. Uh, interesting choice. <laughs> okay. This All is right. actually just playing on our computer. Interesting. I was oh, okay. trying to play another rejoiner. 
and I don't know where this music is coming <laughs> it's from. It's fine. I'll, we'll go with it. Well, <laughs> I'm concerned about playing buzzers off the computer right now. <laughs> well, well, we'll figure it out in the yeah. in the long break. No yeah, we'll be all good. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be okay. okay. You can uh, always listen to Billy Joel. As we uh, wrap up. I have up. two ears and a heart, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, get ready to wrap up our number one here. I uh, just want to quickly uh, talk about something that Mark wanted to bring up is, what's plan B? What if you don't get Gordon Hayward? What if you don't get Paul George? What do you do then? I mean, is Blake Griffin a guy that you're interested in? I'm curious to hear your uh, plan B, Mark. I, I think You alluded to it a little in the break, and it's piqued my interest. Well, I think plan B is better than plan A. That's uh, why it piqued my interest. <laughs> and, and, the <laughs> why is, <laughs> and the reason why is because you, you have guys out there that teams are willing to trade, whether that be you know coming off their you know, one, one more year of contracts or guys that don't want to be there. Um, you know, uh, I guess Chris Stops, Porzingis, per se. Um, so I think they, they have the assets to really do whatever they want. And, and the reason why they're going to have to make a move, guys, is because they, ha- they drafted all these guys on draft night. And so they have a bunch of players, too many players for their roster. So that's why I think Danny has something like three or four trades in the, in the mix. It's just a matter of who they're really willing to get. Now, now, now there's guys out there like Danilo Gallinari. There, uh, Blake Griffin, he could be a target. Now, now Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin's uh, pretty surprising to me. And the reason why I like it is because Adrian Wojnarowski reported this, I, I believe, a week ago. Um, he said that Blake Griffin was um, kind of like he felt good about how the Celtics fans appreciated Paul Pierce in his homecoming. And, and Paul Pierce, I think, had a lot of um, mentor, mentoring um, Blake Griffin in regards to what the Celtics organization has to offer. So I, I think the Celtics are the front runner for Blake Griffin. So I think it comes down to how long, how long does Danny Ainge wait to pull the trigger on Gordon Hayward to, to pull the trigger to get Paul George? Hmm. And the reason why I say that is because I don't think Blake Griffin wants to be the rebound. I think Blake Griffin wants to be the guy, the right. show, to start free agency. Now, a couple teams to watch out for is OKC Thunder because Blake Griffin's actually from Oklahoma City. Now, he, he may want to go back to his hometown and play with who? Russell Westbrook, which would be one heck of a tandem. Or he could go to Miami Heat, where Miami Heat have a plethora of cap space. I'm talking, a, like, nausea uh, amount of space. They could get Gordon Hayward and Blake Griffin if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think there's a lot of assets that Danny Ainge can most certainly use. And, and so that's why, I mean, plan B for you, Dave, like you, you know, you alluded to in the, in the previous segment mm-hmm. is develop the players, see what you can work with. Right. But my argument to that is IT's, what, 28 years old? Al Horford's, what, 30 years old? Yes. So if you, if you want to weigh it out, you can most certainly can, but you kind of have two starting lineups already. So you have the veteran guys playing, right? And then you have the young guys coming aboard, and they've got to get that experience. So it's just a matter of, does Angel want to pull the trigger to win now, or does he want to develop? And I think he wants to pull the trigger and win now. Look, I agree with you, but for the right cost and for the right players, Danny Ainge has not settled. And this is what we were discussing in that first segment and and why I think there is a plan A and then a plan B. And I think plan A is Hayward George. Yep. If you can't do that, you're not going to do much of anything this offseason. 
and that's because they don't want to settle. I don't think that Griffin is their guy. I think they would like to have him. I think that he's a, a solid piece, but he gets injured a lot. He will be injured for the first two months of this regular season with that leg injury. So you're already talking about bringing in a guy that you're not going to see for the first two months of the regular season. You won't even know how he fits with this team until two months in. But with your roster, I don't think it really matters just because it, they're so talented. It wouldn't deep. to us. It wouldn't to us. Does But does Blake Griffin alone put you over the top? He doesn't, but you still have another uh, max contract that you can most certainly utilize. So you'd be uh, talking about signing Griffin and potentially Hayward. Hayward. Which, again, would require some salary dumping. And now you're not, now you're not doing a trade. You're not doing a trade. So now you're talking about getting two free agents and then having to, again, dump salary for Avery Bradley, a Jay Crowder, a Tyler Zeller, whatever it is, you're now dumping those salaries instead of getting the most value make, for those roster so, players. So you're making my point because I think their assets are for that kind of superstar. Now, but you do it in a trade. Well, what you could or, or, or it amounts to a salary dump. Well, you're well, not maximizing those efforts, those assets, if you don't do it in a trade. Well, if you wanted to get Blake Griffin and at the same time relieve yourself of some of the salary. Uh, what you could do in that case is a sal- like a, a salary dump based sign and trade where it's not Blake Griffin necessarily making more money, but you can do a sign and trade in which you talk to the Clippers and say, hey, do you want Avery Bradley? Because if we do that, we can do a sign and trade with Blake Griffin. We'll give you Avery Bradley so that we at least relieve ourselves of his Look, uh, number. I disagree with that, Ashish, just because then you're reworking the entire thing just to make it work money-wise, and you're having to give away Avery Bradley when you don't have to just to acquire Blake Griffin. I think that the whole reason they didn't do the Butler deal mm-hmm. was because they didn't want to give up a salary for nothing. They didn't want to give up Avery Bradley for nothing. They would rather use his value as a roster player, package him in a trade deal. You don't want to just dump these guys' salaries. They have value. So oh, that, yeah. So, so that's right. why... So don't, because when you could just sign Blake Griffin as a free agent, you don't want to just throw in Avery Bradley just because you need to relieve yourself. Right. Of and and okay. if, if you agree with the contingency that what, what they haven't done speaks volumes, Right. They are not settling. Yeah. They want the best possible deal. And that's why I honestly believe that plan A is to do the Hayward deal in free agency, and then you use those roster players to maximize their value in a trade for Paul George. You're getting rid of those salaries, but you're acquiring Paul George with those roster players. How long after free agency begins do you think this deal will get done? Oh, it could happen at any moment. At July, any moment. July 1st is when it, when it opens. July. I'd be, su- I'd that be surprised. That weekend. I'd like be Saturday. surprised if it didn't happen within the first three days of free agency. If it doesn't, there's something going wrong with the Paul George deal. Yeah. They're, they're going to need to know, and it's going to happen like Garnett and Ray Allen, yeah. where where it's all going to happen all at once, and all of a sudden Hayward and George are going to be part of the Celtics if well, it happens. Well, for the, the Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen deal, it, it did take a lot of framework because it was draft night, and then it was July 31st. So it was about a month in between. Where between I, Garnett and Allen I, joining I, the team? Exactly right. It was about a month. Because it was July 31st, the MLB trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That Garnett That Gar- Garnett uh, got gotcha. traded. And then draft night was when Ray Allen came over to the gotcha. Celtics. So, so it was about a month, but I think it's going to be short term. I, I think this is going to happen immediately. If, if Hayward signs... Then the trade for Indiana, I think, goes through. So you you think, Mark, that we were overestimating Paul George's desire to just jump down and go to L.A.? I, I think that's a lot of talk. 
to be honest with you. He, he might have that in mind. I don't think that's his final destination. I think the options are there. And I, I think the reason why is because he wants to play with Gordon Hayward. And if, if you can attract a free agent, that's what you got to do, guys. And we talked about this all the time. Finally. Is you're never going to get a free agent <laughs> to just come to Boston. Right. You need a guy. So, like, Gordon Hayward, I mean, we got Brad Stevens, right? The Celtics have Brad Stevens. Right. So, Gordon Hayward's like, oh, so Gordon Hayward, And he's, he's probably going to get a good chunk of money. He's, mm-hmm. he's going to get a good playing time. He's going to have that, you know, superstar-esque about him in Boston. Crater, Crowder will be a little bit upset, but. But this is the way you get another player. <laughs> This you use Gordon Hayward as bait to drag in Paul George, right? And Paul George he has to agree to a three extension, so, or else I'm not doing that right, deal. Right, because you don't right. want him as a rental, right? Right, and and look, I think that there's a, a lot of these NBA executives have their ear to the grindstone, and of course they know a lot more about what's going on, the inner workings of these deals, and the free agents, and where they actually want to be. Adrian Wojnarowski should just be an agent. I mean, he has sources. Well, on he's got sources. good sources. Apparently, but, but even got, he, he's going to start. I'm being on ESPN but exclusively. Even the best of the best that report on this stuff don't know as much as the execs do, right? Oh, no, so, no, no, no. so yeah. if we're talking about uh, Paul George wanting to go to LA, and we've seen all the inner workings of a deal for Paul George, and the Celtics are in on him, and and all this stuff is sort of going on around it. And again, you think maybe that talk about Paul George going to LA was a precursor because Indiana knew that the Celtics wanted Paul George, so they're trying to up the asking price of the Celtics by saying he's going to go to the one team that you really don't want him to go to because it's Danny Ainge, and Larry Bird knows Danny Ainge does not want Paul George, a guy that he's targeting, going to the Lakers and now you throw in that that pick that you have that's a Lakers pick even even more if you're Larry Bird you can up the asking price for for Paul George in yeah. that scenario guys who was the GM that uh, closed the Kevin Garnett deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves it was Danny Ainge but it was Danny 10 Ainge. years ago no Kevin, Kevin McHale Kevin McHale. Oh, McHale. Minnesota. Danny Ainge knows how to use his resources sure. this trade is going to get done because Larry Bird's going to help out the Celtics I actually believe that I do I have a good feeling about this, but plan B for me is just draft players and get better. Wrapping up our number one on the Sports Blast. Don't go anywhere. ESPN New Hampshire. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more.